grace and mercy so guard us from the distractions of this life that we might find you that our hearts might find you and your peace in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, there are a multitude of worrisome things going on in our world, to be sure. It's been a crazy season. And distractions upon distraction. In our 8 o'clock service, cell phones were going off, beep, 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 one right after another, and they thought, what, what's happening? And then there were sirens outside, and it was, of course, in the middle of my sermon on distractions. It was perfect, as though God had queued it up, and it was a tornado watch. Thankfully, the tornado did not come our way. We live in a season of worry and distraction, and it is a human response that very possibly goes all the way back to original sin. Modern day contemplative Lawrence Freeman looks back to the early church fathers and mothers who fled the social settings of their day to the desert to draw close to God and to mature in their faith. But even there they found distractions were plentiful in their mind. Is it any wonder that we struggle to, with focus in this culture in which we live that is so about immediacy with its bombardment of tragic, violent, news. And then there is the multitude of advertisements coming at us from every angle. In such a world, there is only one true source of peace and hope, and it is Jesus Christ. In today's gospel, the gospel writer is not giving us an either-or but rather, I would say, a both-and perspective of what we are to privilege first and foremost, and that is time with Jesus Christ. I don't believe that Jesus is dissing Martha's hospitality, but rather using this as a teachable moment about what matters most, about what will have eternal significance and weight. It won't be our busyness or our worrying that will have eternal value. In fact, it will be time spent at the feet of Jesus, sitting there as disciples, as Mary shows us in today's gospel. So let's just take a moment to just pause and zoom in on what, just exactly what is it that Mary is doing 
in our story. What is it that she did that day? So she sat at Jesus' feet as one who wished to be disciple. Now, it's important to know from that context in that day and age, this was not a place that women normally sat. Women weren't allowed there. So just as Jesus commends her behavior to her complaining sister, he is opening a door to all who are lowly to come and sit at his feet. Not just the learned and educated of the day and those who were of privilege, but everyone. Everyone. That is good news. The distinction here is in the heart. Where is it focused? Time and again, this has been Jesus' place to point to. His focus and his parables demonstrate how godly action comes out of a heart for God. And Mary's posture is one of humility and openness, of passion. She's hungry to know more of this man, Jesus. She wants to study his very face, his movements, his actions, so that she can emulate and model her life after his ways. He says to her sister, this is the better way, Martha. Poor Martha, I've always felt sorry for her. In this story, I kind of cringe, like, I would probably be Martha. Martha was seeking to please Jesus. I imagine her actions very well probably came out of trying to do good and be good and be likable. We all want to be likable. But when Jesus is not the first thing, this is what happens. It's busyness for the sake of busyness. It's about our ego rather than about our heart. And God and Christ is calling us to shed our egos and to open our hearts wide to receive the one true thing that we were made to be filled with, and it's his very presence. I would say that now more than ever, we too need to come and sit at the feet of the master and drink in his peace. I know it is all too easy to become overly focused on the task at hand, whether it be ministry or work or worrying about the details. But these have to remain secondary and it takes discipline intention to putting them to the side to putting the priority to being resting in God's provision and providence claiming that truth and standing on it no matter what is whirlwinding around us whether it be a real tornado or just a warning signal right I recently listened to a meditation which helped me on this front. 
It quoted that beautiful passage from Matthew 6, 25 through 34. It goes like this. You'll know it immediately. But therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store up in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor has dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your Father, your Heavenly Father, knows that you need them. But seek first, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We could underscore that. We could highlight that in red right now. God knows with the growing frequency of these mass violent attacks and military coups that were totally off the radar, that each day has more than enough trouble, not to mention the up close and personal challenges that we each have, whether it be the declining health of our bodies or failing eyesight or the fear of falling or raising young ones, just paying our bills. And then there's that dealing with loneliness that can seem like more than enough for one day. How in the world are we to manage so much bombardment, so much distraction? Well, I would say this, that the good news of this meditation that I heard underscored what Mary had discovered and Jesus is trying to point out to Mary. The good news is, is that there is a place of complete rest for our souls. And our minds and it is in Jesus Christ that there is a practice and a way of being intentional to putting Christ in our lives that is a place of liberty from all the issues of life whether it be just for but 10 minutes to say all that Lord I am letting fall behind I am laying it down and I am stepping in and pressing in to simply be in your presence. 
It doesn't mean that all those things don't matter, but that our souls need rest from all that. And the one who knows you by name and knows you so well, he knows the number of hair on your head. It's there in that place where peace resides, where our souls can be at rest in the midst of crazy storms. It's there that we realize there is one who is bigger, who has us and will not let go of us, and that is with us in the midst of whatever life throws to us on any given day. That he is our peace, and that in him we can find rest for our weary souls. Here is where we discover the peace which passeth all understandings that will guard your hearts and minds and keep them in Christ Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. We are not alone in this journey, in this challenge. Christ is with us. So I have for you a little teaching about how do we do this centering prayer? How do we do this making space, whether it's for three minutes or five minutes or 15 minutes of letting all the distractions of this life and all the worries go to just soak in his presence and know that peace passeth all understanding and that it's from that place where Mary modeled for us sitting at Jesus feet that we learn that when we then go into action it's from a different place and the complaining won't happen like what happened with Martha because it will be out of thought of love and giving back not to say we're not called to hospitality it's just let it be grounded let our hearts be anchored in the one true peace Jesus Christ so I'd be remiss if I was to simply say go sit in your prayer closet and be with him I want to challenge you to then take the hope and peace that you find there and with him out into the world and pass it on. I have a video in the parish hall I'd love to show you after the service of a thank you from Allie Llewellyn, who is our the missionary that took these to northern Iraq. I told you about her giving them, giving them, using them to tell people about Jesus, to tell Kurdish soldiers, her holding ISIS back. They used these to give these young men. Do you want hope? Do you want peace? Jesus. He's the one. What I didn't know is that they also used these when the beggars came to them 
And they said, money, silver or gold, we do not have, but what we have, we give you freely. It is hope and peace. So be healed in Jesus' name. So now I challenge you, sit at the feet of the one who brings hope and peace to the world that has gone half bad. And then go and share as he leads you. These will be at the back for you to take out. And I can't wait to hear the stories, the conversations you get to have, the peace and hope you get to share those who are so aching for it. Amen. Oh,